Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. I lived in my childhood home from when I was a baby until 13. My family is very religious, and as a child, I was taught that when you die, you either go to heaven or hell, and that's it. I was never told about anything supernatural, so... In a lot of these moments, I had no idea what I was experiencing. It wasn't until I was older that I guess I understood. Also, because I was so young for some of these, or I didn't understand in the moment, I only remember some details. But the last story is probably the scariest, and I honestly tear up sometimes when I talk about it. So... I want to do this chronologically, but I honestly can't remember which of these happened first, so I'll kind of combine them because they involve the same, well, entity if that's what you want to call it. In elementary school, I walked home from school every day since it was only about a 15 minute walk. The house next door to us was abandoned for quite a few years after the last neighbours moved out, and I walked past it every day. Pretty frequently, I would see this girl in the top floor window and she looked to be around the same age as me, maybe a little bit older. Curly, dirty blonde hair, pink bow in her hair, wearing a pink and white frilly dress. I never really thought much about her and just went home. 
but there was one time though that made me really confused. I was with my sister in her room playing with Barbies. She had a shuttered window in her room that faced the backyard. We were playing and I'm really not sure why but I just had the strangest feeling that I needed to open the window so I did. And the girl was in our backyard standing in front of the slide. I wasn't scared and was just sort of staring at her. She continued to stand there and I'm not sure how long we were looking at each other but she eventually began to just fade away. The best way that I can describe it is like when you stare at a light bulb and you look away for a moment and you can still sort of see the outline. It was kind of like that until she was just gone. It sounds stupid now I know because if I saw that now I would freak out obviously but after she was gone I just kept playing with my sister like nothing had happened. I would see this girl pretty often too but she never scared me. This one is short but... It was the middle of the night and I was asleep, I was maybe five or six I guess, when I was suddenly woken up to a hard punch to the stomach. After recovering and calming down a bit, I went to my parents' room and they told me that it was nerves, so I just believed them. But I absolutely hated my parents' room. The feeling and the energy in there was so heavy and dark. The feeling of panic would wash over me every time that I was in there. On multiple occasions, I would see things in there when walking to and from my room as well. The scariest entity I ever saw, though, was standing to the right of their bed. It had skin that just looked like tar or something, and it was taller than the ceiling, so it had to bend to fit into the room. I don't remember that it had a face or anything. I eventually stopped looking in their room entirely because of this. I hated when my parents would ask me to grab something for them in that room, too, and... I would sprint out every time. One time though I had walked home from school and it was really hot that day so when I got home I threw my hair up into a ponytail to cool off a bit. I walked into my room and I immediately felt fingers grip my ponytail and start pulling me back to my parents room. Context too, all of our bedrooms were in the same hallway and mine was directly across from my parents room. My dad and I roughhoused a lot and my parents knew that I was terrified of their room so I honestly thought that it was him. It didn't hurt and like I said I just thought it was my dad messing around with me. He's a big guy so I went to elbow him in the stomach but I hit nothing. Confused I quickly whipped around and saw no feet behind me. Just as the panic started to set in too, whatever it was, it dropped me right in front of my parents' door and I whipped my head around to see what it was, but there was nothing. I sat in shock for a few moments before the tears started to fall. I eventually got up and found my dad talking to my grandma in the living room and I just didn't know what to say or do. The next one though happened about a week before we moved out. It was only me and my grandma home. My mum took my sister to practice and my dad was out grabbing dinner. I was in the living room doing my homework I think on the couch. My grandma was watching TV in her room which was to the left of me. The kitchen dining room and the hallway with all of our bedrooms was to the right of me. The hallway is out of sight from the living room since it goes behind the dining room. I was focused on my homework when I started to hear footsteps. They were going up and down the hallway and into the bedrooms it seemed. 
I thought that it was my sister wearing her Disney princess costume heels at first. The footsteps kept going for a while and then I realized that my sister wasn't actually home. It was just me and my grandma and she was on the opposite side of the house. My cat was also by my feet and my heart sank when I realized what it was but I just decided to ignore it and not give it any attention. It eventually stopped so I felt more relaxed but after a few minutes of quiet I heard the loudest slam that I had ever heard coming from a few feet away in the dining room. It sounded like someone picked up a boulder and just slammed it on the hardwood. I was looking on the ground for what might have fallen when I heard it speak. It sounded like multiple voices hissing and groaning my name all at once. It was honestly the most terrifying thing that I've ever experienced and I currently have full body chills just remembering what it sounded like. I just sat there frozen in silence with tears rolling down my face. I was too terrified to move or make a sound and I finally managed to squeak out a little grandma and nothing happened so I started to sob calling for her. She eventually arrived but after that it just went away or whatever. We actually moved out later that week and the first night at the new house I had a dream. I was standing in the street outside the old house at night. It was quiet and all the lights were off. When all of a sudden all of the windows opened and it was so bright inside. It looked like a lighthouse in fact. It sounded like a party was happening. Multiple conversations going on and you can see shapes of people moving around the house sort of manipulating the light and... Just as quickly as it started, it stopped. The windows, they all slammed shut. Everything was quiet and dark again. And then I woke up. Now, I haven't experienced anything close to this since moving. But a few years ago, the current owners of the house invited my family over for a Super Bowl party. We continued to know them. We knew the people living there. I decided not to go, but my sister did. She talked to the owners and asked them if they had had any experiences of anything weird since moving in. They were shocked that she asked and apparently they were seeing shadow people in and around the house looking in the windows. Which obviously was not very reassuring for me. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed hearing about all this. Sorry it's a bit all over the place. It's hard to summarize 13 years of stuff like this but... These are some of the more scary things that I can recall. If anything doesn't make sense and you want more clarification or have any questions, then do let me know and I'll do my best to answer in the comments below. I'll do my best to explain what I saw, but it's difficult to paint an exact picture. I was driving across the country with my mum we just entered California from Arizona a little bit before 11pm. It was a rural area and there were other cars around but definitely wouldn't call it traffic. I'm driving and a bit off road on the right side, ground level-ish, I see something sort of glowing. It's a fluorescent neon dark blue, very bright but it didn't light up anything around it. It wasn't just glowing though, it was sort of shaped like some kind of energy cell looking thing out of a futuristic movie or video game. Probably 5 feet tall and 2 feet wide with rib sides. I then realized that this thing was moving, and moving very weirdly. 
It was sort of moving like it was glued to the ground and tracing the slightly hilly terrain. Like it was on top of some kind of off-road vehicle that was sort of magnetically held down to the terrain that it was driving on. After a few seconds it got up a little and disappears into the ground and we see these two small spotlights pointing in the air appear where it disappeared. They were moving very quickly though, like those ones you see when there's some kind of arena event in your city, but the light didn't reach super far. These spotlights were encased by some kind of, I don't know, like light dome and couldn't shine past it. The light was just stopped in its tracks instead of fading out into the sky, and in the dome it was lit up. It looked like fog inside of it, but not exactly fog, but... I could still see those two spotlights shining around in it sporadically because they were shining brighter than the rest of the dome. Keep in mind, I could not see anything else as it was really dark, but I couldn't see the ground or surroundings too. I drove past it speaking with my mum, just trying to figure out what the heck that was that we just saw. All of it looked extremely unnatural. But literally five seconds of driving later, my mum screams, what the heck is that? I never actually ended up seeing what she was talking about, but she described basically what the internet says a black stick man on the left side of the road now. It was the opposite side of the road that we saw the neon light dome thing and about 5 seconds of doing 65 miles per hour of distance from the dome. She said that they were about 12 feet tall, built like stick figures or on stilts and she couldn't discern a head. I saw another story that described how they walked in the same way my mum did, sort of lolloping or had a kind of bounce waddle in their steps. At first there was only one walking and then another appeared close to it and they were going towards each other, apparently. I punched the gas though and I just got out of there because, I mean, to heck with that, right? I didn't think quick enough to take a video of the light dome blue thing, but... I'm sort of glad that I didn't because for some reason I feel like that wouldn't have gotten off easy for that. I'm really not sure why I can't shake the theory that this blue light has to do with the government or something going after these things, but I don't know. I'll also mention we then saw flashing things in the sky pretty far away, moving too close to each other to be aircraft, but I've written that off as probably just border patrol drones or something as they were just too far away to make out. As for the rest of it, I really don't know what to make of it, but as I said, it all appeared completely unnatural. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs 
or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Four years ago, I trained a new worker who was honestly a nice guy at the time. Early 30s, seemingly healthy, very much into yoga and had a beautiful girlfriend, etc. He seemed very balanced and healthy to be honest. For the sake of this narrative, I'll name him Coworker A. So we had another long-time co-worker who was sort of Mr. Popular with managers, but honestly super annoying. A really large personality. People mutually could only take him in small doses. He was essentially the embodiment of a TikTok frat boy who would randomly dance on the job and freestyle and extremely annoying. But anyway, I'll call him Coworker B. Now, before I explain, I should include that this workplace sucks. It barely holds a single star on Indeed. It's a large factory with no windows, toxic management, long hours, and it was very hard on most people's mental health. Anyway, roughly a year into Coworker A's stay, things started changing. He and I were mutually friendly to one another. We would have long civilized discussions about interesting things, but something was really out of place when he mentioned that his new beliefs about the world being flat and a hologram moon theory or something. It was really unlike the old version of him who was super rational, but I sort of shrugged it off and said it's probably just a phase or he's trolling or something. Fast forward a few weeks and Coworker A has seemingly took a lot of interest in Coworker B and sort of develops some of his mannerisms, but in a more endearing way, I guess. Kind of copying his silly dances and laughing. Seemed harmless at the time, but as months go past, he continued to dance more and more to the point that he had to be asked to stop by supervisors. He would even be moving around at the morning meetings, using all the same mannerisms and phrases as Coworker B. This really started to creep out Coworker B a bit, to the point that he actually switched shifts and... We theorized that maybe he was on drugs, but coworker A was very vocal against all substance use, including alcohol and weed. He was also a vegan, so I don't know, that just didn't fit. Where things change for the worse though is when coworker B ends up getting with a new hire at work. She ends up becoming his girlfriend and they move in together. This is when coworker A shows up to work using coworker B's name even signing himself in on the logbook as him, referring to himself as B all morning. Then, later that day, A stands up on a work table screaming, I'm in love with co-worker B's girlfriend by name. With his arms spread out in a cross like Jesus formation, face to the ceiling and the whole place just went silent. And after he ended up standing in a corner with a broom sweeping nothing for the next several hours, he wouldn't turn around from the corner either not even when tapped on the shoulder or called by name. The only time that I saw him away from that corner 
was when it was time to go home. He was the last one out and unfortunately, my job being QC, I'm always among the last ones out as well. Despite both of us being the last in the building, I did my best to act normal when passing him in the hallway. I glanced at him, he was looking directly at me, head tilted down making a sort of pseudo snarling dog face, eyebrows in a V, tongue and teeth out. The next day though, our boss decided co-worker A needed to go to the hospital, so we actually made an appointment and got him in with an Uber. He was put on leave for a week as well. The security guards who I was friends with told me that A was showing up in the middle of the night trying to sign in for work at the card reader apparently, sometimes at 2 or 3 in the morning. Anyway, surprisingly, a week later, co-worker A comes back and seems somewhat normal, almost like he has no recollection of anything that he did. He even wrote an entire album on his phone apparently in that time, which surprisingly was better than I thought that it would be but I noticed that it was all like love lyrics, sort of like country love songs. As things seemed to normalize with co-worker A, he stated that he really wanted to hang out with me, go for a hike and throw axes at trees, etc. I sort of didn't agree or disagree and told him that I'd get back to him on that, as I secretly was a little on edge. He asked me later that day if I was still down and I said unfortunately I had other obligations. He said... Well, I guess I can't throw an axe at your face then. And I sort of laughed, not really knowing how to react to that at all. I told the manager about that though, and he kind of just scratched his head uncomfortably and shrugged his shoulders. Anyway, uh, co-worker A ends up finding co-worker B's address due to a work get-together where everyone was invited and someone leaked it to co-worker A. They eventually find rocks and bricks in weird formations on their doorstep like shrines almost. And we all collectively knew that it was definitely A. Things got really weird though when they actually found A looking through their windows at night. He was also scratching the windows with his nails, calling out B's name, repeatedly whispering, B I need to tell you something. This is when our manager finally decided to take action and agreed to fire A. And four years later, co-worker A still stalks co-worker B's now ex-girlfriend, who had to get a restraining order against him. He annually makes new Facebook accounts and adds all 200 plus workers who used to work there as the place got shut down. He uses a new name each time with a different selfie. He sends a message to each one of us as well saying, hey, you, it's a B from work. So, I guess my question is, what would this behavior be called? And how did such a normal, likable, level-headed person turn into this? Is there a term for this behavior? What would your diagnosis be? And how do I keep myself and other people safe? One of my friends had the balls to actually ask him in a reply if he recalls anything, which apparently he doesn't. But he sure remembers B's ex-girlfriend and says some extremely concerning things about how she's the one and the only one. I'm the bigger one and she's the smaller one. He was put on this earth essentially to save her apparently. He also seemingly has no support at all from family or anything and is working a new job and living alone unattended. I feel like this is sort of a risk, yeah? Anyway, I'm interested in some of your feedback about what he might be dealing with and Again, what do I do about this?
your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I grew up in a very small town of about a thousand people. There really wasn't much to do, so my friends and I spent a lot of time walking in the spring and summer months. The town was small, but Route 2 runs right through it. And it's a highway that is the northernmost east-west major U.S. highway, spanning 2,571 miles. It was and is a quiet town, but you definitely see some out-of-state cars passing through. And when I was about 13 or 14 years old, I was walking along Route 2 to go to my best friend's house. There was a wide spot off to the side of the road where I was, and a man on a blue motorcycle with a matching helmet pulled into it. I could only see his eyes through the helmet, but he seemed kind and had a nice non-threatening sounding voice. He seemed young. If I had to guess, I would say that he was probably in his 20s or early 30s at the latest. I remember our conversation very well, even though I haven't given it much thought over the years. I remember him being very flattered and sort of naive, I guess, but when he pulled in, he asked me where the nearest bridge was, and I told him that there was one about seven miles north in the next town over, or about 20 miles back from the direction that he came from. He thanked me, and proceeded to tell me how pretty I was, and asked to take me to lunch. I thanked him for the compliment and told him that I was going to a friend's house, but this went on for quite a long time. I would say every bit of five minutes, I would guess, but he kept telling me how great of a time that we would have, and that he didn't know his way around and could use my help picking a place to eat. I was trying to be nice but kept reminding him that I was on my way to a friend's and also saying things like he only had one helmet anyway and he said that I could wear his for a short distance and that he would bring me right back into town after we ate and that it wouldn't be long at all. He only gave up when I pointed out my friend's bright blue house that was about maybe a block away and that she and her family were expecting me any minute. This was kind of truthful, but a small lie too. She knew that I was coming that day, but I always told my friend that I would walk down after I woke up the next day when we had plans, and I never gave her a call to tell her when that would be. I always slept in late during the summer too, so she wouldn't have expected me. My friend's mum was always smoking on the porch though, but her back was facing my direction, so she didn't see the interaction, but I could see her. She would have absolutely been there fighting off this man in a heartbeat if he had actually tried forcing me onto his bike. All I would have had to have done was yell for her and she would have been there. I thought that I was invincible at the time and so grown up I thought that I was tough and that nobody would ever harm me. Like I said, I remember being very flattered which is really stupid of me I know but I remember thinking how fun it sounded and that I would get to ride on a motorcycle for the first time. I actually considered getting on the stranger's bike at one point because I thought that I could take on anything and that it sounded sort of exciting. The only reason that I didn't go was because I knew how angry my parents would be if they found out. I now know that my parents wouldn't have been angry at all to be honest but relieved if I had actually gone and made it back. 
It's funny how you process things at a young age. But regardless, I'm just really happy that I didn't want to make them mad. It could have actually saved my life, I know that. Looking back, there was no way that he didn't think that I was a kid. I was still in my awkward stage and looked very much like my age at that time. But what freaks me out looking back is that he asked me to go to the nearest bridge and wanted me to go with him in that direction and that he was just so persistent. He could have been out of state in seven minutes too and nobody would have even realized that I was gone until much later that day. I, a 30-year-old female, live with my wife and our sweet orange tabby cat. We own a home in an old neighborhood in a college town. The neighborhood is mostly families and older people. Right around 2 in the morning, Monday morning, my wife and I are both woken up by our cat. Immediately after we hear him, we distinctly hear someone rattling our door. To make the sound, they would have had to have been holding the handle and trying to open it. But we rush to the living room and my wife, wielding her aluminum bat, smacks our leather recliner and screams, I have a bat. Our cat is crouched on the ground and growling, his hackles raised. I got 911 on the line and we all got into our bedroom with a lock while we wait for the police. They came by and they didn't see anything. That night though, my wife didn't get any more sleep and... I only got a little myself after our cat curled up next to me. We both called out to our jobs at the university on Monday and wound up getting locked bars for the front and back doors and replaced the back door lock with one that requires a key on both sides. This thankfully went as well as it could have but was just so out of the blue and upsetting for us. I mean, it was just something that we never expected living where we live. More than anything though, it's just a good reminder to stay vigilant and invest in that security measure when you can. We never imagined someone would try to break in during the dead of night when there are two cars in the driveway after all. But some people out there, they just don't care if somebody's at home or not. So, I'm in my early 30s now and much of this happened between the ages of 10 and 14. All of it started shortly after my family and I moved into a new home in town. The house that we moved into was fairly new construction at the time and I don't believe that there was anything interesting about the land that it was built on. But within a couple of months of moving in, I had my first experience with sleep paralysis. I had gone to bed late at night... Roughly five minutes after shutting the lights off and closing my eyes, I felt a, a cold presence touching my chest. I opened my eyes and saw nothing. Naturally, I was creeped out and ran into my parents' room for comfort. My mum convinced me that it was just a bad dream and that I should go back to bed, which I did. But immediately after closing my eyes again, I felt the same thing, except this time moving through the center of my chest with force. That feeling then expanded throughout my torso. Upon opening my eyes, I realized that I could not move or speak. At this point, I could feel something watching me directly to the right of my bed. I laid there for maybe 5-10 to ten minutes trying to scream before regaining the ability to move. And as soon as I could, 
I jumped up and I ran back into my parents' room. Needless to say, I slept next to them that night. Lucky for me though, I've only had to experience sleep paralysis a couple of times in my life. But there were several other odd encounters to follow though. You see, a couple of months after that, at night, is when I had my next experience. My grandmother was watching my brother and me that evening and she was on the first floor with my brother. I was on the second floor and from my window looking down into my backyard, the house borders a small forest and river, I saw a bright white figure walking from one end to the other. It looked like a, a fully grown man but glowing and I never really saw a face. I was obviously a bit freaked out by the sight of this so I ducked to ensure that whatever it was didn't see me. I briefly peeked out of the window a couple of seconds after and whatever it was, it was gone. I ran downstairs though immediately to find both my grandmother and my brother in the same room. No one that I know of was in the backyard at the time so it definitely wasn't somebody in the house. Those experiences though piqued my interest in the paranormal and roughly a few months after that I convinced my mum to buy me a Ouija board. I then convinced our babysitter, who was a few years older than me, to use it with my brother while my parents were out of the house. We turned off all the lights and lit a couple of candles and we tried to talk to the dead. At the time, I was definitely skeptical and I assumed that it was our babysitter who was the one manipulating the planchette. But it was moving and it was definitely responding to our questions. We eventually decided that we were done with it and put the board away Again, I just kind of laughed this one off, but I don't know. Thinking back on it, the frequency of these encounters went way up after this experience. The fact is, is that after that, I never really felt alone in this house, especially when I was the only one home. But fast forward to middle school though, I was usually the first one home and would remain home alone for a couple of hours every day. I generally spent most of my time in the basement where the TV, video game console and computer were. During this time I would regularly hear kitchen cabinets slamming shut, but they weren't open to begin with mind you, and dining room chairs being dragged across the floor. And I always felt as if there was something watching like I said. I did at times wonder if some of this was just in my head only for the thoughts to be validated by both my brother and a few friends that would come over at various intervals. But there was another standalone event around the same time where my brother and I were playing games in his room. We were both sitting on his bed and to my right was the door to the hallway which was wide open. The lights were off in the bedroom and there was some tertiary lighting sort of coming from the hallway. Out of my peripheral view was again a fully formed person, a white figure that appeared to be walking past the doorway out in the hallway. And as I turned my head right, my brother to my left sneezed and blood came pouring out of his nose. Again, I saw just enough to be creeped out, but not enough to fully validate exactly what I saw. And the whole blood coming out of the nose thing was really random and weird. There were a few other events to follow though, more or less the same as some of the stuff described above. But all of this came to a head one night, and this is also where I saw some of the most vivid stuff to date. I was 13 at the time and my best friend was sleeping over. It was Friday night and we were the only ones in the house at that point. We were on the second floor playing video games when 
All of a sudden we heard the cabinet door slamming and the chairs moving. I was honestly used to it by now, but my friend got a bit freaked out and asked what it was. I'm paraphrasing, but I said something to the effect of, it's those ghosts again, those ghosts. And this is when things got weird for us. Shortly after that, my TV just turned off. The room became very cold all of a sudden, and it was almost like the air became heavy. I don't know, it's hard to describe, but it took much more energy to get up and move around. We booked it from my room and went downstairs to the first floor. We calmed down afterwards and figured that we had just overreacted to what was probably just an odd coincidence. We then decided to go back upstairs to play video games. As we're walking up, it became very cold again and we began to feel weighed down again. We ignored it this time as, again, we just thought that it was all in our heads. We got to my room though and turned the TV on, along with the video games, and after about a minute or two, the same thing happened with the TV turned off. Only this time, I saw what looked like what I can only describe as a floating orb or two out of the corner of my eye, and at that, we again ran downstairs. Like an idiot, I tried going upstairs a third time, same cold and heaviness as before. This time, as I approached the door of the stairs, I looked into my parents' room from the hallway. The door was open and the lights were off. And to the right of their bed, I saw an all-white figure standing with no torso or head. I again booked it downstairs, and at this point, we went into full-on paranoia mode. I tried calling my parents, but there was no answer. We were stuck at home feeling terrorized and not sure when the adults were coming back. At some point, we actually started like chanting or praying out of desperation, which I actually think made things worse because the air on the first floor became extremely heavy and we felt the cold rush rush down the stairs towards us. I also started to see the same small orbs fly into the room from upstairs only this time directly in my field of view. This brought my anxiety to the next level and I finally yelled out and apologized for saying what I had said earlier. And in a very candid way, I pleaded with whatever this thing was to leave me alone, pointing out that we both live here and that I wouldn't mess with them going forward if they just didn't mess with me. As I was apologizing, I saw two or three more of those small orb things and one much larger, a dark one or purple or black sort of, all come into the room and just hang there for more than a few seconds. What's odd though is, after my apology, the orbs just sort of dissipated and the air sort of cleared up a bit. My friend and I just sort of stood there looking at each other, absolutely dumbfounded of what we had just seen. Coincidentally though, my mum came home maybe 20 minutes after the whole thing ended and everything just went back to normal as if nothing had happened. Weirdly enough too, I haven't seen anything since then. The noises that we regularly heard on the first floor continued, although they didn't bother me much at that point. I do think my friend may have been a bit traumatized from that experience though because he claimed that he felt as if he was being watched for a good while after that night too. In any case, I'd be interested to hear some of your thoughts. Some of this stuff was downright terrifying in the moment and I would love to understand what the heck I was dealing with.
G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.